from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. And this is going to be a fun one. The uh, off season is rolling. It's OTAs once again, and I'm pretty excited about it. This is the second set of OTAs. There's going to be three practices this week. We're going to get into that here in a little bit. Then one player in particular that I really want to go over, I'll see how you feel about it. And then we're going to get into a couple of the things at the back end of this show that are going to be important. So all in all, it seems like everything's progressing pretty well. There's no injuries from the first week. They're going to have three practices this week. Uh, going to be a little more progressive, be a little more 11 on 11, a little bit more install for the young kids. This is like prime learning time. And it sounds like the weather's not going to cooperate too great, but I think they can make a lot of progress this week. Yeah, it's important that they get in there and they are, you know, being able to do what they need to do. And all everybody is going to be there. I believe that all the players are going to be back after a couple not being there on Friday. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had his Aloha Invitational for his Mahomes Foundation this past Friday and Saturday and over the weekend. So he and Travis Kelsey weren't there along with a couple other players. I, I love that Mahomes Foundation. That's right. Makes me chuckle every now and then. Don't don't hold it against me. But that was like a small hiccup, right, in the overall plan. They're moving ahead. Everybody will be back on track. And I think at this point, this is like where it starts to gel. We're going to pay a lot of attention this week, I'm sure, to the offensive line. See who's doing where. It looks like Kyle Long got a lot of reps at right guard last week. Let's see if that remains the same, if he stays with the ones. My guess is this is where Andy will kind of – switch it up a little bit and see what else is going on. Do you think that, or do you think they're just going to try to put them all together and keep them together? Well, and what we don't know is LDT wasn't there on Friday when all of the reporters were able to be there. So the question is, has he been there at all? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. And I, I haven't heard anything. I haven't seen anything from what I've been able to see. So, you know, is he going to be there? If, if he's not going to be there, then is that why Kyle Long is running at right guard? Or is it because he is the presumed starter at this point? That's going to be the big question. I think – I hope that they mess around with it. I hope that they just kind of move some guys in and out. If LDT is there, that's great. Trey Smith, I think, should get a couple of snaps at right guard too, I'd hope. See what that can look like, especially if all the buildup for this in terms of, you know, is LDT going to be back? I want to see that out there. If he's not or if he's not capable or if he's not in shape enough, you might as well get the young kid a couple of reps – and in the back of my head, I still want to see Long get a couple reps at right tackle as well. Yeah, it wouldn't be a bad idea to see if uh, how he's going to move there and if he can get that position down uh, just so we have somebody that can fill in at multiple positions because that's always going to be important on the offensive line. Yeah. Something it's, Reed it's, always it's, likes. Yeah, absolutely. It's chemistry, right? Yep. This, this is where it comes down to. They have a lot of rotation at some other positions, too. Uh, the defensive backs in particular, we heard a little bit about DeAndre Baker last week, being out there at least, moving around. I'm excited about that. And if he doesn't do anything, this whole OTAs, maybe he gets a couple of actual reps at mandatory minicamp. I don't, I don't care at this point. If he's out there, I'm feeling pretty good about where he's at. Yeah, and if he's out there, I think that's a great sign. I do think that it's, uh, you know, it's something that you have to take into consideration that he's coming off the injury he's coming off and just him being out there and not uh, having to be away from the team during this time is good for him. Yes. It'd be great for him to be able to run through drills, but at this point he can't. So it is what it is. It is. And that's the way that it's going to go. He may be able to face one of, I think the most intriguing position groups here in this off season. I think at the end, it's going to come down to the competition aspect of it. Maybe we'll see a little bit of that in OTAs. I want to talk about one guy in particular at the wideout spot 
coming up. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily Instant Karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 30,000 ATMs. Credit Karma already has given away over $3 million in instant karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms may apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. That said, as rough as that was, you know, got to try to enjoy it, right? Uh, the one that, the, the guy that keeps standing out to me, a um, little bit on social media, but when you see some of the, the little clips that get posted, I think he's the guy that I've been waiting on for two seasons, and maybe this is finally the spot. Like the, what, five, eight years ago, we always thought year three for a wide receiver was kind of it. So it's about time for McCole Hardman to kick it in to drive, right? And I think maybe all the pressure, uh, new draft choice in his position, obviously a lot of guys with a lot of experience, maybe that's going to be enough to motivate him. Do you take it that way, or is this just like trying to be socially relevant on social media? I don't want to say that it's just trying to be socially relevant. I do think that he is working and he's trying, but the bigger thing that he has to be able to get down is he can work and he can work out all he wants. It's the little things of playing wide receiver, running the right routes, being in the right places. That's really going to set his game up to be better this season than it was last. And that's not going to, you're not going to really know about that until in training camp. Uh, you know, even at OTAs, even at you know, any of the kind of walkthroughs that they're doing over the next couple of weeks, you're not really going to see that until you're actually you put the pads on and they're going against each other. So that's really what we got to wait for. I mean, that's, you know, if he's been working on his route running, I mean, you could see some of that maybe, but you're still not going to see if he's in the right place at the right time until you have everybody on the field together to know, you know, is he where he's supposed to be? Yeah. I mean, then that's the big drawback in his game, right? Is not being able to read consistently, not being able to sight adjust. We won't even know that until training camp because they're right. not even going to give him real looks from the defensive side. So it comes down to, are you ex- more explosive in and out of your cuts? That's the one thing that I think route running wise that we've had a little bit of, of nits to pick with him over the last couple seasons is it doesn't look like he's sharpened his top of the stem cuts in order to get loose, I think, better in a way that doesn't rely on his straight line speed. For me, that's what I got to see in whether it's this clip on social media or whatever. Well, and that's really going to be hard to tell even on social media or even just watching him. I mean, you got to be able to see and you have a frame of reference as to, you know, how he's breaking down a defender because that's part of it as well. I mean, it's all going to be, you know, subjective to, you know, is it he's running the routes right? Is he, you know, putting, is he digging his foot in where he needs to, to be able to explode out of the route right? He has the explosiveness to be able to be a very good route runner in that aspect. We just haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I'm waiting patiently. I'm, I'm really hopeful because I feel like 
clearly we've seen him be explosive and that that's something in this offense that you have to have, but it, it's about taking it to that next step so that it isn't just Tyreek. And I have faith in, in Pringle to come in and compete for that job, especially when uh, the hype is really about a rookie who hasn't done anything in this, this <laughs> offense yet. Um, and quite frankly, I hope that they give him the chance to earn that um, as the guy who gets the first set of first guy reps rather than coming behind Demarcus Robinson, who they clearly have more faith in than a lot of us do from outside the building. But that competition together, making that third spot that much better, I think hopefully will push McColl as well. Well, and that's assuming that McColl's the number two. I mean, that's a big question mark right now. You, I would argue that, uh, he is really probably the number three and, you know, whoever wins out between Pringle and Robinson are going to be the number two because right now McColl doesn't look like, at least from what we've seen on the field so far, he doesn't look like he can be a full-time starter until he gets yeah. to where he can be regularly where he needs to be and they can depend on him and Mahomes knows he's going to be where he's supposed to be. You can't be on the field on a regular basis. You know, you can't run 60 snaps a game and only be in the place you're supposed to be 30 snaps a game. I mean, that's not going to work. Yeah, it comes down to being what you have to be for that offense. At the end of the day, hey, more power to you if you can do it. Well, and the last thing I was just going to say, the last thing you want is to be is to have to use him as a a decoy. I mean, he's got the speed to be one, but you don't want to have to do that. Agreed. And when it comes down to it, if there's hiccups in, in that progression, if you're not, if he's not out there leading the pack, then there are options to come and catch up to him. And I don't, I don't want to put it on Cornell Powell. <laughs> we'll see what it looks like in training camp. Like I haven't even seen anything. It, there's going to be some leak at some point when the, the beat writers are out there of some impressive catch that he makes. I am absolutely sure yep. of that, um, even if it's a bit contrived. But I'm not ready to say that he's he's ready to push them. That said, I do feel like they have enough talent here to go into the season with uh, a trio at least. Maybe you, you're concerned about the death, but a trio that can get on the field and produce with Patrick Mahomes, especially given that we feel that Travis Kelsey's pretty healthy. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think that they have the wide receivers that they're going to be going into the season with, and you have a trio that you can rely on to be there. The question is, is how do you open it up and how do you expand from what you did last year? No Sammy Watkins is going to be a bigger issue than people think because Watkins did so much for this offense when he was healthy. Now, that was the problem is he wasn't generally healthy, so you have to deal with that. And so the question is, is how do you evolve this offense? Now Now that Sammy's definitely not going to be here, what, what's the next step in this offense and the progression of the offense? And McColl yeah. being available and being where he needs to be and, and being the wide receiver that Kansas City hoped he could be, would be a huge step in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, that's what it all comes down to. Sammy's one of the bigger probably losses of this group, at least in terms of top end potential, not not week-to-week production. Right. But it's funny that you bring him up because we're not the only ones seeing him. Uh, Matt Miller's got an interesting piece about the AFC West, and I think we're going to get a look at that and kind of go through where the Chiefs are amongst those teams coming up next. We've been telling you about Bilt Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all the bars. And we recognize it's been hard to keep up with the brackets and all the new flavors, but let's remember, when it all comes said and done, there are a couple things that really stand out, like cookies and cream with 17 grams of protein at 130 calories. 
or almond coconut, which is one of my favorites still. And you can get a serious discount over at BuiltBar.com by using the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 50% off your next order. That's the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So I want to get started here and be able to share this with the folks who can see us on video. And if you're not seeing the videos yet, you can check those out on our YouTube channel over at Locked On Chiefs on that platform. And there is an interesting piece. I mean, Matt Miller is an old friend. We've all heard what he has to say about the Kansas City Chiefs and how they go along with it. Uh, How do you feel in general about what Matt can project for this team off of his rankings. Like this isn't gold. This isn't inside every organization. This is Matt's outside opinion. Yeah. And I think that he's got a very good idea as to where the roster ranks. I, I will say it doesn't surprise me uh, when we start looking at the different rankings, uh, you start looking at the different teams and where they rank. The question is going to be, you know, you look at where Kansas city is right now. Denver still has an opportunity to make a huge ad. And if they do, how's that change their ranking? Because right now you would think that QB is their weakest position by far, or well, not by far, but definitely their weakest probably starting position that they need to get figured out. And without that, they're going to have their their grade dropped. So how much would a new QB, whether it be Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers, how much is that going to change things? Yeah, I mean that's the big thing, right? I mean that's dramatic change. It's interesting that. Uh, what Matt starts with, and folks, you can find him on his sub stack, the Draft Scout. Um, that's where all this material goes up. And Matt knows the Chiefs really well. He knows most of the AFC West really well, to tell you the truth. And so it is that one leap for the Denver organization that could really, really change things. He has them right now as a C grade on their overall roster. And I think a lot of that has to be about that singular yeah, position. Absolutely. That, that would change their whole outlook, in, in my opinion. Like, going from what I'm guessing is going to be last in the division to competing behind the Chiefs. I think they and the Chargers with Aaron Rodgers, they might be ahead of the Chargers and, and be trying to catch up to the Chiefs. Could be. And we'll see whether or not that trade is something that can still get done. And if it is, great. Uh, if it's not, then, you know, Denver's going to struggle this year. And there's really yeah. no way around that. Well, and I'll tell you this, just <laughs> overview of looking at, at what Matt lists out. You look at what they've done this offseason. The Broncos themselves, they added Ronald Darby, and we all know he's got an injury history, but he's a solid corner. They added Kyle Fuller in what was a lucky cut from the Bears. Um, Going back with Vic Fangio, that's that's a significant thing to me. That's more than just a good player. That's a good player in a system that he knows with a coach that he trusts that I think that can maximize his potential, right? But then they also spent their top pick, on Pat Sertan, who I had as CB1 in this class. They came back with Caden Stearns and Jamar Johnson, two deep safeties, to go along with what they already have, arguably the best free safety in the league. And they had a couple of departures, but not many, right? And really the only one in the secondary was A.J. Boy, um, Jeremiah Otto, which left as well. I think that when you look at all the, the effort they've put into the defensive side, particularly in the secondary, that quarterback makes them – a contender for the division if they get air. Well, and don't forget, they have addition as well with Von Miller coming back, who didn't play at all last year. So, uh, and I'm not expecting him to be, you know, the Von Miller of old. I think he can be very good, but the question is, is he, how good is he going to be after coming back with an injury? I still think he will be good, but I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to get 15 sacks. 
or even 12 sacks. He may be a double digit sack guy, but I don't know that that's going to be a big question mark. It's going to be something to watch. Does he have the same twitch? Does he have the same ability coming back from that injury? Yeah, that's going to be the challenge. I think uh, I don't think we'll know until we know right. it, until the regular season. I thought he's going to do a whole lot in this OTA space, so we'll find out. Now, when it comes to what the Chiefs did, obviously we know all about the departures and all the acquisitions along the offensive line and all that. When you take a 50,000-foot level, what Matt Miller has kind of jives with what I have as well. Is like It's not super powerhouse. It's not all systems go. There's still a couple of holes, but an A-minus is a solid grade, and it's his top grade within this division uh do you see any holes in that logic i don't see any holes in the logic the questions are going to be can their offensive line play to the level that they expect them to be able to play at if they do this is going to be very hard for the any team in the division other than kansas city to win it and you know you mm-hmm. look at other positions you could say that they maybe need a corner and in a, in a you know a veteran corner like bishop Breland would be great but at the same time i think they're pretty set at that position in, in some regards you know, the only real hole I see is is probably at the linebacker level, and they addressed it. The question is whether or not the guy that they addressed it with is going to play this year, and I really don't think he will play that much. We'll get in on some sub stuff, but he won't be a starter, which is, I think, where they're going to, you know, struggle a little bit is at the linebacker level. But, again, you're sitting here and you're looking at a different team this year than you were last year. You have two of the best interior pass rushers in the NFL let alone in the division on this mm-hmm. team. Reed is going to be yeah. huge. I just saw an article yeah. today, Doug Farrar voted Reed being the top four interior, uh, the top four eye pass rusher in the league. Chris Jones is the top three technique pass rusher in the league. So you have two mm-hmm. of the guys that are the best in the league at their positions. And that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And that's without right. Frank. Yeah, I mean, it is it is truly a front four now. It's not Chris and Frank and whoever happens to be lined up with them. I, I think that's going to be progression. That said, when we look at the Chargers, who I think are the other ones that are really going to push for trying to keep up with the Chiefs, they did a lot of good things as well. I mean, more power to them. They fixed their offensive line a bit with their free agent class in, in Lindsley yep. and, and Feeler, Feiler. Feiler, I think is how you say that. Um, they lost a couple of guys, but I don't think the impact is super huge. And the interesting thing, when I look at this roster, uh, Matt has a B grade on this roster right now, putting the Chargers in his eyes as the second best team in the division. That makes sense to me. But I will say, when I compare this and what the Broncos did, let's see, there's Asante Samuel Jr. they drafted in Los Angeles. Um, They added Mark Webb as well. They didn't do a whole lot in terms of the defensive front, and neither did the Broncos. Like, it's trying to play coverage against the Chiefs, while the Chiefs bulked up their entire offensive front so they can keep everybody out, and nobody seems to have gone and made any least significant. There might be a player here or there, but no significant upgrades to the defensive front to try to combat what the Chiefs have done. Again, the Chiefs zigging when everybody else is agging. I think that sets them up, again, to to stay out front and have uh, at least a dominant edge on the offensive side of it going against the Chargers and, well, the and, and the and the Chargers are kind of in the same place as the Broncos in a way because they should have Derwin James coming back. That should be a huge addition for them. If he's able to play and yeah. play well, then that's a huge addition for them. If he's not able to play well, then, you know, or not able to play, then that's a big question mark. And right now he's on the cusp of being considered a bust of, of sorts uh, because yeah. when you can't play because you're injured, you just, you know, 
Availability is everything. And that's what it's going to be. One, one other side note, if you guys didn't catch it after the draft, Ben Neiman's brother, Nick, now plays yep. for the Chargers. So Neiman versus Neiman. Wrinkle there. Right? And then we come down to the strangest that is the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Matt has them as a C-plus roster right now. I think that's being generous, <laughs> to tell you the truth. Um, they drafted, what, three safeties and a corner? Um, they added a little bit as well in free agency and Casey Hayward, a, a guy with a lot of experience. I don't know that he's got a whole lot of time left in this league. I think he's hitting his, his age barrier right. pretty quickly, but again, they went secondary, not front. Everybody in the division seems to be trying to cover better. I think that's taking a cue from what the bucks did in the super bowl. Uh, that said, I don't see these guys being competitive in this this division. I can't imagine they're going to be competitive. The big thing that is going to be something that Kansas City needs to watch is you start getting into teams that have multiple DNs that can get after the quarterback, then that's going to be an issue. But you're sitting here in a situation right now where Oakland really doesn't have pass rushers. I mean, they've got a guy or two that can rush the passer, but nobody that's really consistent. Sorry, not Oakland, Las Vegas. My apologies. Uh, still not past that. <laughs> what you One of these days, I will get past <laughs> that. Uh, you look at the Chargers. The Chargers have guys that can cover, uh, but and they have Bosa. But who's going to be the end on the other side? I don't think that they have anybody that can really step in and be a full time guy that's going to be you know close to double digit sack guy. Then you look at the Denver Broncos. If Von Miller can come in and play well, then that's going to be a huge help. Bradley Chubb is a very good player, so I think that they have the ability to do it, do closest to what the Buccaneers did in the Super Bowl. The problem that you're going to run into is they don't have the offense to keep up. So, you know, Mm -hmm. they may have a defense that can slow Kansas City down a little bit, but I don't think it's going to really matter in the end, as long as they don't have the offensive firepower, which right now they don't. And, and that's what it's going to come down to. I suppose I should say right now they don't have the guy to get the firepower going because they do have the firepower. They have the wide receivers. They have a great group group of wide receivers, and they have a good tight end. Yeah. I mean, they did upgrade in speed with John Brown. I don't I don't know if there's anybody that, that looks like a go-to in that wide receiver core, though. And I think that's somebody – they need an alpha, and I don't know that they have that. I, I was big on Henry Ruggs coming out, so were the Chiefs. I don't know he's ready Oh, to you're talking out. the Raiders. I was talking the Broncos. Well, them too. No, they they are significant, and I think so. I was going to say he's an alpha by far. So, yeah. yeah so I, I think that uh, when I'm looking at firepower, you know, Derek Carr at least is better than the situation that Denver's got going on right now. That's not saying a lot, but he's better than what they got going on right now. And you're right. You have to wonder what Oakland's going to do with the wide receiver position and how that's going to affect them, and whether or not they could be effective. All I was saying is that the Denver Broncos right now, they have the wide receiver group. The question is, do they have the QB that can get the ball to them? Fant's still a good tight end as well. Uh, Their running game should be okay. Their offensive line looks like it should be a little bit better, but it's going to be challenged by this Chiefs defensive line. I think it's going to be interesting. Right now, that's where we are. There's still additions to come. There's still obviously – I I think there's going to be more – uh, either cap casualties or just um, competitive cuts this year for some of the veterans that are going to mix some of things up for all of these rosters in the West. I think this is going to be a very competitive division. So they're going to make any addition that they possibly think can help their roster. And that includes the Chiefs, and we all know that. But when we look at them, 
I, I think I tend to agree with Matt Miller and where he's at on all of it. So let us know what you think. Do you agree with Matt? Hit the comments on YouTube. Hit the iTunes reviews and let us know what you think there. We love how this is going. We're going to be here. Uh, eventually on YouTube, we'll be every day, just like we are on the podcast. The podcast is always available. Even if you can't get it on Apple, you can get it on Spotify. You can get it directly from Megaphone. All the links are in our bios. Make sure that you do that. And soon you'll be able to see us as well. We're going to simulcast this as we get going. Thank you for all your time today and all your support and listening to us. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.